You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our Market Talk podcast. Today is Tuesday, the 11th of January. I'm Stuart Banks from AIB Treasury. And as usual, I'm joined today by Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist, to discuss the latest market developments. Oli, as this is our first regular market update of 2022, can you outline for our listeners what's been happening in financial markets over the past week? Okay, well, stock markets had a very strong finish to the year and continued in that vein in the opening couple of days of 2022 uh, for the strong gains. I mean, stock markets had a very, very strong year last year. US markets were up by, most markets were up by 20% plus. So it was a strong year on the back of the recovery after 2020. Uh, that bullishness continued in markets in early the opening couple of days. But then we got the minutes of the U.S. Federal Reserve meeting from uh, just before Christmas, mid-December. And that caught the markets on the hop a bit because what it signaled was that the Fed would hike rates or considering hiking rates earlier than anticipated, there may well be a U.S. rate hike as early as March. Now, if you go back a number of months ago, people thought it would be the back end of this year before we saw a rate hike. Then they brought it forward to around mid-year, and now we're talking about March. And secondly, uh, which is also a surprise for markets, the Fed uh, is winding up its QE program probably uh, next month. But then they signaled that they might actually start to reverse that. In other words, shrink the size of their balance sheets, sell some of those bonds they've been buying over the last couple of years. And markets really hadn't anticipated them doing that anytime soon. So a double whammy, if you like, in terms of more aggressive uh, Fed tightening. And as a result, stock markets... uh, suffered a setback, and not, not a major setback, but they fell back somewhat. And uh, what we've seen also over the last, and this goes back to just before Christmas, is a marked hardening of rate hike expectations, and that's putting upward pressure on bond deals. So we've seen you know major moves between, let's say, the last week before Christmas and now in terms of what markets are anticipating for rate hikes. The UK is quite a good example. Um, you know, Even in December at the meeting, you know, the expectation was the UK rates would get to about 1% uh, and level off around there. Now markets think UK rates could get to 1.5%. We have, you know, the Fed had indicated that, you know, significant rate hikes were in store for 22 and 23. The markets have now moved to price those in. So in the US, we're probably looking at three rate hikes this year, three next year, taking rates up to 1.5% or above that. And in the Eurozone, I mean, you know, even go back a couple of months ago, the expectation was that rates were really negative over the next number of years. Now the markets think the ECB, despite its guidance to the contrary, will start to hike rates later on this year and continue that process in 2023 so that by the end of next year, money market rates will have turned negative in the eurozone. And all this has been driven by um, inflation picking up much more quickly than it had been anticipated even the last number of months but also a concern that it will remain elevated for a longer period of time. In other words, we'll take it, 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 inflation will not be as quick to fall back as had been anticipated. And to some extent, I mean, that's uh, driven by continued upper pressure on energy prices. We've seen oil prices going back above $80 a barrel. But also uh, Omicron, I mean, it, the, the view of markets now is that the, the hit to economic activity will be limited and short-lived. Uh, certainly there's a high number of cases. But the, the, the Omicron variant of COVID-19 has proven milder uh, than previous outbreaks of the virus. So what the markets think then is that the impact may well be on a prolonged level of higher inflation, that the impact of Omicron may be a continuation of that disruption to supply chains we've seen over the course of last year, 
impact on production. So that will continue to keep up the pressure on prices. So markets are beginning to think that the impact, the, the, the longer lasting impact of COVID-19 may well not be an economic activity. It could be on, on inflation in terms of inflation being higher for longer. And that's feeding through into those views around central banks coming with earlier rate hikes and more rate hikes than have been anticipated until recently. And Ollie, we, we talk about uh, interest rates out the curve a little and 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 the looking at central bank policy and how that how that might impact further out. How are short-term FX markets reacting to this? Not that much. Now, having said that, the, the big move in recent weeks has been the hardening of rate hike expectations in the UK. And as I say, rates going from not just to 1%, but going to 1.5%. So what we've seen over the last three or four weeks has been sterling strengthening against both the euro and the dollar. Uh, and the euro has fallen back close to the 83p level. Now, that's held for a number of years. Sterling has been above that level really since going back to the referendum back in 2016 when sterling fell sharply after that referendum result on leaving the EU. So with the UK expected to, it could, it could hike again, in, certainly in quarter one, following the pre-Christmas rate hike, and also deliver more in terms of rate increases. So that's helping to underpin sterling. I have to say dollar-euro has been very, very range-bound. That remains the case. I mean, let's say one one twelve and a half to 113.5 is still containing all the action. So, you know, to some extent, there's been a hardening of rate-height expectations in both the Eurozone and in the US. Uh, the currency that's lost ground over the holiday period and in, in, into the early part of this year is um, the yen because there's no expectation of rate hikes in Japan. So when, if like, market expectations firm in terms of rate hikes elsewhere, uh, you can see outflows out of the yen into other currencies because there's no expectation we get a rate rise in Japan anytime soon. So... Um, You'd have to think, though, if, if you know, certainly in the short term, it's hard to see the euro appreciating. Um, I mean, there's no indication that the ECB will be changing policy anytime soon. But as I say, we could see the Fed move earlier, even in March and again in quarter two. So we could see a fair few rate increases by the end of the summer out of the U.S. That's, that should underpin the dollar. I mean, it may not go much higher. A lot of this is priced in. Uh, but it's hard to see. I mean, the, the euro lost a lot of ground last year against both the dollar and, and, and um, sterling. It's hard to see that uh, ground being uh, recovered anytime soon, unless we get a change in stance for the ECB in terms of indicating that we might get rate increases later on in the year. But certainly, they've been in their commentary in the early part of 2022. They've been holding the line. Now, in fairness to the to the to the ECB. Core inflation is much more moderate in the eurozone than elsewhere. I mean. Um, the, we had we had inflation figures um, uh, at the end of last week, and core inflation in the eurozone that's for December is right around two and a half percent. It's more than double that in the in the US. So you know, uh, and and the ECB makes a point. You know, we're not going to get energy prices doubling every year. So energy prices should level off, and headline rates will fall back. The concern central banks are have is around core rates of inflation. Are they picking up the non energy sector? wage sector etc so there's no sign i mean the, the pickup and underlying inflation is much more muted in the eurozone than let's say in the uk and in the us and that's the basis on which the ecb is guiding we don't have to start increasing interest rates anytime soon we think interest rates will remain unchanged this year in contrast to the movement we're likely to get we were sorry we've already seen the the bank of england start to hike uh, and the fed may well join them before the end of this quarter 
Okay, and looking at the week ahead, Ollie, on the economic calendar, we have inflation data from the US and November's GDP from the UK uh, as the main highlights. Is there anything else our listeners should look out for? Well, I think the the US inflation figures will... They're going to get a lot of attention because the headline rate for inflation in the US could go to 7% or above. And we haven't been there since Ronald Reagan was in the in the White House. Um, you know, it's 40 years since inflation hit 70% or 7%, sorry, in the US. And the core rate may go to, go to around 55 That's excluding energy and food. We will get other data out of the US, retail sales, industrial production, etc. They should be good enough. Um, you know, it, it looks like the Omicron variant, if it has an impact, will probably felt in January data rather than December data. I should say we had the U.S. employment report out on Friday. And while the increase in payrolls wasn't as strong as had been anticipated, the unemployment rate in the U.S. dropped below 4%, 3.9%. And that really is full employment. So yeah, I suppose listeners can themselves realize, I mean, if you have a sub-4% unemployment rate and you have inflation above 7%, why would you not be increasing interest rates? So I think that type of data is 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 what's behind those market expectations of, of significant rate hikes in the US and the Fed giving signals that it might have to start in the next couple of months. UK GDP probably won't attract much attention for November. There should be a solid enough figure there for the month 0.4%. We're likely to get much softer data for December and January on the back of the impact of the Omicron variant. But again, that's seen as temporary. I mean, um, once that the number of cases start to subside, you'd expect activity to pick up again there. And we also get GDP figures out of Germany for 2021. Now, I suppose the markets may interest me what the figures are for quarter four, get an estimate from that in terms of what the impact, uh, how, how the German economy performed the final quarter of the year. But I really think that... Um, you know, the argument for markets has moved away from uh, the impact of COVID-19, the economic activity. Economies are becoming much better able to cope with uh, the pandemic. These restrictions being put in place are far less severe. Uh, and what we're seeing from the latest variant is, uh, okay, case numbers are high, but the severity of the illness is nowhere like what we saw with earlier variants. So really, I think the focus for this year for markets will be on inflation. Uh, now, in fairness, it's going to take quite some time before we get a clear picture. It could be the second half of the year before we'd see a softening or moderation in underlying inflationary pressures if that was to occur. Uh, but certainly the focus is going to be on inflation, uh, energy prices, the labour market, and how central banks respond to that rise in inflation. Uh, and will the ECB in particular hold the line here and stick to its view that inflation will moderate in the second half of the year? and move to much lower levels than in 2023-24. And that'll be the key driver of interest rate and bond markets and currency markets in in return. But not to say, currencies haven't moved that much. Sterling is is a bit stronger. Uh, It's made ground over the course of last year. But in terms of dollar-euro, it's been remarkably stable despite all those those fluctuations in markets, uh, changing stance of central banks. And... The dollar is elevated. Let's stand back and think about you know the dollar is at high levels. It's appreciated a lot over the course of the last um, year or so. So its upside may be limited from here. Uh, from that reason, even though the Fed is is set to increase rates, uh, so hence the, we sort of feel the downside for the euro is limited, even if the ECB is slower to hike than elsewhere. Uh, I suppose to give you ranges. Um, if the 83 support level was to give way for the euro, 
we, we don't see it falling very sharply after that. It could trade 81, 82, 83 sort of range, P range uh, in terms of sterling. And as regards, you know, euro dollar, if 113 was to give way, uh, you're talking about a move down to 110, 111, and not a very, very sharp fall. There's a lot of support around that sort of level for um, for um, the euro. And I'd say the markets have built in a significant amount of tightening over the next, mainly next year. But I mean, they are seeing 50 basis points in terms of rate increases over the next 24 months in the ECB. So this tightening has been built in there. Uh, so we we'll wait to see whether the, the markets of the ECB are right. Whether the, the, is the ECB patience or the markets, uh, I suppose, anxiety around inflation? Uh, there's certainly a divergence between the ECB and the market that's not there between the market, the Bank of England, and the Fed. So that'll be an interesting, uh, I suppose, driver for markets uh, in the next three to six months. Okay, Ali, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you for your insights and thanks also to our customers for listening in. To stay up to date with the markets, please press the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.